Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, we're going to talk about how to handle the constructive criticism that we get as teachers. And this can be a really hard thing to deal with. You know, I can clearly remember the first time I was called into the principal's office, not as a student, but as a teacher. I mean, okay, realistically, I'd probably been there many times before that for various reasons, but this was the first time the conversation was taking a direction that was not so good. It was somewhere around October of my first year of teaching, and apparently I had not been doing the best job of keeping my class structured and in line. I guess I knew I was struggling, but hearing it from the principal was still just no fun. If I'm remembering correctly, I think I barely held it in together, like barely held it in, barely held it together until I finally made it to my car and the tears just started falling. Since then, I've had many conversations with administrators. Some of them consisted of kudos and congratulations, while others featured a critique of the amount of homework I gave, my grading methods, or how I'd handled a particular situation. But here's the thing about all these not-so-fun conversations. When you look back at them, I bet you'll see the same thing. If we allow them to, they actually result in more growth than the conversations where they're telling us what a great job we did. So we have a choice when we face these not-so-fun conversations to either get upset or to grow. I mean, think about it. We love to hear about how great of a job we're doing or how wonderful our newest idea is. I mean, it's great when we have those conversations, when we get the kudos and the congratulations. But It really is those tough, constructive criticism conversations that can catapult us to the next level of excellence. That is, of course, if we accept them with the right attitude. Now, too often, though, we do just the opposite. We decide that our classroom is our domain and we know best. We allow our feelings to get hurt. We get defensive. We dig in our heels. And when we do that, we're refusing to grow. Now, yes, I do know that sometimes administrators make bad success, bad suggestions. Sometimes there's bad policies. And sometimes they really don't know what they're talking about. But I think that we as teachers often jump to those conclusions and they're not always true. A lot of the times, the administrator actually has some great wisdom and advice that can actually make us better even if the idea sounds horrible at first. Or maybe we don't like the idea, we don't agree with it, but there might be extenuating circumstances or reasons behind the idea that we simply are not aware of. So the next time you're faced with some constructive criticism, here's a few things to keep in mind so that we can use it as an opportunity for growth and try not to be as frustrated and stressed by it. So step number one, when facing constructive criticism, the first thing, we must be humble. You know, nothing will stop our growth faster than our own pride. You know, it hurts to be told that we may need to change something or that we're falling short in some area or another. But as much as we want to get defensive, we really need to be humble. 
to stop and truly listen to what is being said, to be open to new ideas, and to realize that no matter how long we've been teaching and how many students and parents say that we're awesome, we can always be better. And so to simply just start from a place of humility, a place of openness and of a willingness to listen. Number two, we can realize there may actually be a better way than what we're currently doing. Often when I've had these conversations with administration, it's not that my way was necessarily wrong, but turns out there was actually a better way. And when I stopped trying to defend my way and started actually listening and looking for the better way, many times I realized that I was actually glad we had had this conversation. I mean, it still wasn't fun, but looking back now, I can see that my classroom was better because of it. So We said our first step was being humble. The second step is realizing that I shouldn't hold the way I'm currently doing it so tightly because even though it might be good, there could be something better. Step three is to have an open-minded dialogue. We all know that administrators are not infallible. Sometimes their ideas aren't the best, and sometimes an administrator might not actually understand what's going on in your classroom. But once again, the answer to that is not to get defensive and shut out their suggestions. Instead, we want to try to have as much as we're able to an open-minded dialogue. So explain your point of view, yes, but be genuinely open to the new ideas and the new plan and see if you can put together that together. See if you can together um put together a new idea and a new plan. So this open-minded dialogue, not every administrator is open to this. So all you can do is do your best. But in many cases, this can be incredibly powerful where they you know, say something to you and you say, okay, this is what I'm understanding you're saying. Uh, this is my concern. Do you have any ideas for me? And see what they say. And then maybe you can brainstorm a little bit better. I think a lot of times, Um, Our frustration as teachers when an administrator presents something to us is we immediately are thinking, but how am I going to do this, right? You you want me to do X, Y, and Z. I don't know how that's going to work with what I'm currently doing. And sometimes we do need to go to our teacher friends or the internet or whatever it is to find those answers. But sometimes that starts by talking with your administrator. Okay, I'm hearing that you want me to do this, this, and this. I, I, that I understand that. My concern is that I'm currently doing this. Do you have any ideas of how I could meld that together? And so do you see how that open, open-minded dialogue and then be open to their suggestions? And even if the suggestion they come back with isn't perfect, it might spark an idea in you about how you can make it work. Because there normally, there almost always is a way to incorporate what they're asking you to do in a way that works for you in your classroom. You just have to find what that is. And asking the administrator is a great place to start. Because number one, you might come away from there with a great idea that shows you exactly what to do or sparks your own idea. But even if not, um, at least your administrator is now aware of your concerns or how things are currently going in your classroom. They're better informed of the current situation as well. So number three, have that open-minded dialogue. And finally, number four, be excited about the growth process. We all want to grow and be better teachers. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if that weren't the case. But we need to embrace the fact that growth is often a bit painful. 
It can be tough to change lesson plans or teaching styles or discipline methods. And it's no fun to get a less than favorable evaluation or to hear all the ways that you're not doing the best job. But the sooner we embrace the growth process and the growth mindset, the happier we will be and the faster we will grow. So the next time a growth opportunity, what we used to think of as negative feedback, comes along, recognize it as just that, an opportunity to grow and do the exact opposite of what you feel like doing. And you might feel like getting defensive, running away, getting upset, and instead embrace this at the opportunity it is. Look ahead and realize it's going to be worth it, that this is one way or another, this is going to make you better. Uh, You might come out of here with a better idea, with a better classroom plan, um, or at the very least, God can use this in your life to grow your character, to grow your patience, to grow your endurance, and just realize that God is in control. Uh, God is growing us through the good, the bad, and the ugly, and to just truly embrace that. I'm going to leave you with just a quick example story. I've told this story before, um, but I wanted to share it again here because it's just really relevant of an example of how this worked um, in my in my life as a teacher, just one particular anecdote. Um, I remember I had a homework policy where if students didn't do the homework correctly, so maybe they, it was math, they were supposed to show their work, they were supposed to use graph paper for graphs, you know, so if they didn't use graph paper, if they didn't show their work, or they didn't have the heading on their page, or whatever it was, I took off points for that. And that's how I handled it. And I was called into the headmaster's office one day and told that I, that, that that was actually against school policy, that I wasn't allowed to take off points for formatting or direction things. And I left that conversation. I actually didn't dialogue with him there. I just said, okay. And I left and I thought, man, like what? What am I supposed to do about this? If I, my immediate concern, I got defensive right in my mind and thought, what am I going to do? Like I have to be able to do something. When I didn't take off points, I got like horrible work. <laughs> the quality was ridiculous. No one followed the directions. No one did what they were supposed to. It was a debacle. So what am I supposed to do? But instead, I went back to the drawing board. I got creative. I I thought, what would solve this problem in a way that meets the policy but also answers the problem that I'm having? And what I came up with was that I could, instead of taking off points, I could make them redo it. That met the policy. And you know what? By making the students redo it, so if they didn't do it on graph paper, they had to redo it in graph paper. If they didn't use pencil, they had to redo it in pencil. If they didn't have their heading, they had to put it on the paper. By having them redo it instead of taking off points, uh, it actually ended up working way better. I ended up cutting down on the amount of issues that I had, and it met the school policy. It met the requirement that my administrator had. So looking back, I was grateful that he pushed me to come up with a better solution. And I guess that is my final piece of advice is to look for the creative solution. Look for the solution that fits what your administrator um, is either asking you or solves the problem that they have brought up in a way that works for you in your classroom. And just be excited about the possibility. Think ahead to two months down the road when you're looking back and you've solved this problem and how great it will feel. Even though it's stressful in the moment, it's going to be worth it. 
Now, before we go, I want to tell you a little bit about an organization that can be a huge help for all of you. But in particular, right now, I'm talking to those of you who have issues that are bigger than just your typical um, administrator-teacher relationship. Maybe you have a really poor relationship with your administrator. Maybe your administrator is openly hostile and you've got some serious challenges going on. I want to recommend to you a membership with CEAI, Christian Educators Association. Association International. Uh, CEAI is a Christian organization uh, that offers support, legal advice, and professional liability insurance and job action protection um, for Christian teachers in public, private, charter schools, wherever you teach. Um, They are a fantastic organization, and one of their specialties is in offering advice and counsel, and once again, the legal support if necessary for all kinds of these more difficult situations. So I'm talking about those conversations that go beyond the simple, you know, constructive criticism where you're really, you're worried about your job or you're worried about a certain situation. And I just love that they offer this advice from a biblical perspective. Um, and they're able to pray with you and, and to help you both think about it biblically and then give you biblical advice for how to walk out uh, your faith in those relationships, right? How to properly handle conversations with administrators and parents and students. So no matter where you teach, even if you have the best teaching situation, you have the best administrators, the best uh, coworkers, they would still be helpful. But particularly, if you are feeling kind of lost and alone and maybe like you're the only one or you feel misunderstood at your job and you need you feel like you need someone in your corner that understands you and your faith and your values i strongly encourage you to check out a membership with ceai christian educators association and you can get more details about that at teachfortheheart.com slash ceai teachfortheheart.com slash ceai We'll, of course, have all the links and notes also in our notes for this episode at teachfortheheart.com slash 136. This is episode 136. Well, thank you guys again so much for being here. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.